This is your best year. And one of the things the Lord said to me about this particular year, and I'm going to just kind of deal with some things here as it relates to the Jewish year, the Hebrew year of 5783. And uh, that was celebrated September the 25th of the Rosh Hashanah. And we all understand some things when it comes to uh, Leviticus chapter 23 and also chapter 25. Uh, but it really starts out from Genesis 1.14. So I just want to stand there and start there for a minute in Genesis 1 verse 14. This is where we deal with biblical numerics or what we call biblical arithmetic. Uh, because there's numerology out there but then there's biblical numero numerology. And what that simply means is that God has his own times and his own seasons. And so I want to just kind of deal with that from the beginning and uh, talk about this year. And one of the things I'm going to just give you the topic, the camels are coming. The camels are coming. They're on their way. And they're about to arrive to your house. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to deal with those camels today. Because the camels are coming your way. In the name of Jesus. And right here in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. So when you get it say amen. amen. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 it said. And God said let there be light in the firmament of the heaven. To divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, you know, he's talking right here about the sun and the moon. And of course, verse 16 says God made. So God said in verse 14, but then in verse 16, it said God made. So he says it. Then he makes it. And then it says he made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. That's the sun. And the lesser light to rule the night. That's the moon. And then it said and the stars also. Now this is very powerful because when you're dealing with this word for signs, seasons, days, years. It's the word moed. M-O-E-D. Moed. And then when you add the plural form, it's moedim, and it means appointed times, a window of opportunity. So when you talk about the moedims, you're talking about God's appointed times, his, his divine appointments. Now, this is very important because I'm going to take you somewhere else from there. And just show you what those appointed times are in Leviticus chapter 23. Yeah, we're going to be all through the word. I love the word. I love the word. And I know I'm in the word church. Praise the Lord. If the word don't say it, I don't do it. I don't want it. I only live according to God's word. While everybody else just wants to float in the Holy Ghost, we need a word on it. The spirit and the word must agree. There's a lot of people have too much spirit and no word. And you have too much spirit, then you blow up. If you have the word only, you dry up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. Hallelujah. Because the spirit and the word must agree. The Bible says the letter kills. But the spirit gives life. 
But if you have too much life and you have no letter, then you don't mature. But we have to mature. And it's going to take the word that will cause us to mature. And the spirit along with the word that gives life to that word. And that is what we need in these last days. Say amen to that. Now, one of the things I'm going to deal with here, because in uh, chapter 23 of Leviticus, it talks about all of the times and the seasons. Uh, verse 1, it goes, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel, say to them concerning the feasts of the Lord. The feasts of the Lord. Notice it didn't say feasts of the Jews. <laughs> Notice it said the feast of the Lord. So these are Adonai's feasts, the feast of the Lord. And now watch this right here. It said uh, you shall proclaim to be holy convocations or gatherings. And then he said these are my feasts. God help me. Oh Jesus. They're not feasts of the Jews. They are God's appointed times. When you make an appointment, the doctor will give you the date. And when the doctor gives you the date for your appointment, it means that the doctor is in. You could go any date you want to, but if they set the appointment and the date and the time, it means the doctor is in. Now, what does that mean? He said, these are my appointed times, so I am going to set the time and the date for you to gather together. If you come on your own time, I won't be there. Because these are my feasts. And watch this. Then he says to us, six days you shall work. Work should be done. So six is the number of work. You have it there. The seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. I ain't got time to deal with that one. So Sabbath day has nothing to do with worshiping on Sunday or Saturday. Because Sabbath has to do with rest. And it's rest from work. So it's not related to worship or a day of worship. It's about taking time to rest. People ask me, are you seven day Adventist? I said, no. I said, I believe in eternal Sabbath. I have entered into his rest. I'm eternally resting from works. Not by works, lest any man should boast. We have to enter into the rest of the Lord. So that's what Sabbath means. It just simply means take a day of rest. He said a holy convocation. You will do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all of your dwellings. Now these are the feasts of the Lord. Even holy gatherings or convocations. And you shall proclaim. Watch this. You shall proclaim them in their seasons. Here's your first appointment. The 14th day of the first month. Say first month. Okay, good. Nisan. Say Nisan. <laughs> yeah, not January. Because not January. The first month in the Hebrew calendar is Nisan. He said, so on the 14th day of Nisan, it is the Lord's Passover. Uh, Passover is Peshach, not Easter. Passover. Now watch this right here. Then he said on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Now watch this and then I'm going to continue because 
something about this. He died on Passover. He was in the grave during the time of unleavened bread. And then when he got up from the grave, it was first fruits. So he died on a feast, was in the tomb during the feast, and got up on a feast day. That's why it said first day of the week. He is the first fruit of them that slept. I'm going somewhere. Because there are seven feasts of the Lord. If you continue to read, you find all of those feasts there. Seven of them. And now watch verse 24. Glory be to God. So now verse 24, we're dealing with you now. Now watch this. He says right here, the seventh month and the first day of that month. Now the seventh month is Tishri. Tishri. And we just came out of Tishri. He said, you will have the, the Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets. That is called Yom Teruah. Yom Teruah. Yom means day. Teruah means the sounding of a shofar or the trumpet. Now watch this. The day of the blowing of the shofars. You got this right here? Now watch this. Rosh Hashanah happens during the feast of the blowing of the trumpets. Oh boy. Oh glory. Watch this right here. And he tells us what's going to happen. It's a memorial of blowing of trumpets. A holy convocation. You do no work therein. And you shall offer an offering. Made by fire unto the Lord. So notice how offerings are always uh, connected to those feasts. This the, boy I'm going to help you. Uh, one of the things I found out is that. When it comes to the Jews and the Hebrews, basically, their calendar is connected to the moon, not the sun. So they don't have a solar calendar from morning to night. It's the evening and the morning becomes the first day. Jesus. They start from the evening to the morning. I'm going somewhere here because he's telling us what is about to take place. So the offering, watch this. When they blow the new moon, the trumpet in the new moon. So now that takes me further. So let's go there. I'm going to take you further uh, to that Psalm 83. So you could see where this is leading to. Because you got to give you some scriptures. You can be taking a lot of notes. Praise the Lord. Take a lot of notes. Because uh, we need to have the word on it. Now watch this right here. So. Uh, Psalm chapter 83 chapter 83 is it 83? yeah it's supposed to be 83 no take me to 81 that's it Psalm 81 says sing aloud unto God our strength make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob take a psalm bring hither the timbrel a pleasant harp with the psaltery. Look at verse 3. Blow up the trumpet in the what? New moon. So that means that when the moon is full the first day. Glory be to God. It means the heavens are open from that first day. These are phases of the moon. So they announce at the beginning of the new moon and as it turns. It means that you have to make sure you do everything you need to do while that moon is full and turn it. 
In other words, if you didn't give your offering, shout it, make declarations from the beginning to the closing, you missed it. Because that's a window of opportunity and that, that full moon goes to half moon. Which, which means you have half the time just to make it in. There's some at the crescent. It's already closing. I'm going to help you right here now. Because I want you to see something. He said, this is when we are supposed to blow the trumpet in the new moon. And then he said, in the time appointed. So you don't just blow the trumpet anytime. There's a time that is appointed by God for us to blow or to sound the shofar and bring that praise and that offering to him. Watch this. The time appointed on our solemn feast day. This is a statute for Israel. It is a law uh, that has been ordained by the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. Now, now, if you continue to read, you find everything right there. But I want to help you with something because there are seven feasts of the Lord. There are four feasts. There are four feasts in the spring and three in the fall. So it starts out with Passover, unleavened bread. Then you get to first fruits. Then after first fruit, then you go to Pentecost. Which means you can't have any Pentecost without a Passover get that later the fire doesn't just fall there has to be a sacrifice there ain't no sacrifice there ain't no fire coming so Passover had to happen before there was a Pentecost anybody got that then there's a break between the two then we get into this time of the Rosh Hashanah which is the feast now of trumpets now watch after trumpets then you move further into Yom Kippur the day of atonement then from the day of atonement, you move further. You have a, those 10 days of awe and it takes you further to the Feast of Tabernacles called Sukkot. So we end with Sukkot. Now watch this right here. Jesus fulfilled five of them. There are two more to go. And the two, we know when he's coming back. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But we do know the feast. Because when it comes to the Feast of Tabernacles, that is also called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. So that one will be fulfilled in heaven. There's only one to be fulfilled in the earth. It's called the Feast of the Trumpets. Now watch this case in point. The trumpet that said, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of an archangel. And then it said what? The trump. The trumpet. The shofar of God shall sound. When is it going to sound? During the time of the feast. Now what I found out about the Rosh Hashanah. And dealing uh, with the days of Yom Teruah. There are only two days. So we don't know which day it is. He's coming as a thief in the night. When you least likely expect, he still has to fulfill the feast. He died, listen, he was born on a feast day. He died on a feast day. He, was, he rose again from the dead on a feast day. So obviously he's coming back on a feast day. The Bible said about the trumpets, the trumpet shall sound. The trumpet shall sound. So we know it's going to be during one of the Rosh Hashanahs. We just don't know which one. 
because no one knows that day no one knows the hour when the Lord shall return but we do know his time because he has an appointment and he appointed his own time that's why it doesn't matter uh, what, uh, let me just go further and say what Ellen Doe said and what some others said and what Joseph said and this other one said from their religions that he will show up this day and he'll come at that hour and he's going to come at Y2K and he's going to show up at that. No, no, no. No man knows the day or the hour. It is very powerful. Now I'm going somewhere because we are at the season when they blew the trumpet, it was an announcement. It was an announcement to the new year. Now, let me go further and take you back to Leviticus 25 and tell you right where we are. Because where we are right now, we have come to a season of the jubilee of all jubilees. <laughs> the, the jubilee of all jubilees. This is where we are in this season. And I want to take us to where the jubilee season deals with it right here. Because if we're going to talk about these camels, we have to know the season and the time we are really in. Hallelujah. The Bible said in the seventh year, talked about the six years, you were sowing the field there. Uh, that's verse six, three. And then he says, but in the seventh year, it shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. That's called a Shemitah year. And the Shemitah year, they already celebrated. He said, a Sabbath for unto the Lord. You should not sow in the field, prune the vineyard and that which groweth of its own accord. Uh, you should not reap it. You leave it there. And then it is a year of rest or Shemitah unto the land, unto the Lord or the land. Now he says that the Sabbath of the land shall be for meat for you, for you and for your servant, for your mate. Nobody's going to be left out. This is what he's saying here. He said, for the cattle and for the beast of the field and all the increase thereof for meat. Now, if you continue, look at there further down, the number of Sabbaths. The number of Sabbaths, and of course, seven times uh, seven, we know math, and that means that it's 49 years. The space, watch this, of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee 40 and nine years. So he told you exactly what it's going to be. Then he said, and you shall cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month. Oh boy. And then, which is called Yom Kippur or the day of atonement. Then he said, it shall sound throughout all of your land. You will hollow the what? 50th year and do what? Proclaim what? Liberty throughout where? All the land. Who else? To the inhabitants thereof. He said, and it shall be a jubilee unto you, Jesus. He said, now here's what jubilee is about. You shall return or repay every man unto his possession. He said, return every man to his family. Verse 11, the jubilee shall be the 50th year unto you. You don't sow that year. You don't have to reap that year. He said, whatever is growing of itself in that year, continue. It is a jubilee. It shall be holy unto you and you shall eat the increase. Didn't you just talk about inflation? You shall eat the increase of the land. This is a year of increase. Get ready for increase, Lord Jesus. Get ready for increase. He said, you shall eat the increase thereof of the field. 
And then he goes on and he said, in the year of this jubilee, you shall return every man to his possession and watch this. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy out of your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. Then according to the number of years of the Jubilee, you shall buy of your neighbor. Jesus, I heard it right there. Listen, you shall buy of your neighbor. Lord Jesus, you shall buy of your... The properties next door, you shall buy of your neighbor. Your neighbor's property, I don't care where you live in. Your neighbor's property, if there is an open field of land you got neighbors all around you around this building anybody in the Holy Ghost God is about to cause you to buy it you're going to negotiate at the table and they're going to have to give you what it is God is about to increase you in this land because this is a year of jubilee now watch this. Now I'm going somewhere because you got to see why I said that. Because he said you will buy of your neighbor. You got a neighbor. You're getting ready to buy. Anyways, somebody else will get it. If your neighbor has to move out for you to move in. What a mighty God we serve. If your neighbor has to move out for you to move in, God is about to give you even what belongs to the neighbor. Glory be to God. Then he says, according to the multitude of years, and then he talks about increasing the price. So that's what's been going on anyways. But I want to show you something here because you are about to eat of this land. And then in the, in the year of the jubilee, all of the debts are paid in full. The jubilee means to release you. You're in the year of liberty, a year of release, a year of increase, and a year of back pay, pay back, pay it back in full. Now I'm going somewhere with it because this is a season. I want to just, I have some slides there of the 5783 because we are in the decade of the 80s. We came out of the decades of the 70s and that's the uh, decade of iron with de dealing with vision. But now the pay means an open mouth. So you're in the season of the open mouth of the 80s. This is a decade of declaration, proclamation. It is a decade of, watch this right here, of the whistleblower. And I don't find it coincidental that when it came to the 80s, dealing with 2019 and 2020, there was a Trump in an office. I said Trump. How about trumpet? How about he who doesn't care what comes out of the Trump? You ain't gonna say nothing. It wasn't coincidental. It was God giving us a prophetic picture that the silence is broken and that someone is gonna talk everything. The whistleblower. That's why I really they didn't like him. 
doesn't matter. I just saw what God was saying. God was simply saying, I've broken the silence. Those who never had a voice are now going to have a voice. So I had to put the trump in office to sound the trumpet. To announce that your mouth will now be open. And the silence of those who have been oppressed too long are about to open their mouths. Listen, you got to see what God is saying behind all of it. It's not political, it's prophetic. That we're in the season of the blowing of the trumpet. In other words, he's saying your season to announce liberty has come. Oh boy. You've been licensed and authorized to speak. Glory be to God. He's released you to prophesy. He's released you to open your mouth. To decree a thing and it shall be established. You will have whatsoever things you say. In other words, what has been trying to stop you, silence you, has now been removed out of the way. Glory be to God. Zibahata. Hey, Jesus. So now, let me just kind of deal with it. Let me just kind of deal with it. Just deal with it right here. Just deal with it. So pay uh, means an open mouth. Uh, so it is a decade about our mouths. We have to be careful what we say. Uh, pay comes from the word. This language here, uh, meaning to speak. And now, I found out about pay. It is the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 17 is the number of victory. And we know that from 1 Samuel 17 when David killed Goliath. And the 17th word, even in 1 Corinthians 15, the 17th word is victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Coincidence? I think not. 17 is a number of victory. In other words, God is saying, when you open your mouth, victory is going to show up. And you have a full 10 years from 2020 to 2030 to decree and declare victory over your enemy, over your adversary, over your accuser in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey. Kanabahosha. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. I just got to work with this right here. I got to work with it. Uh, so, so now we are at this time of the pain. Now, so you have 5-7, which is Tav Sheen. And Tav and Sheen means 400 plus 300. Now the Tav, the Tav is the 22nd letter. You got that? Which the numerical value is 400. Now I'm going to go a little deeper. Say go a little deeper. Uh, in 2019, we celebrated the 400th year of the transatlantic slave trade. Ah, oh boy. Ah, when, when all of us folks came on the ship, uh, out of West Africa and the Ivory Coast uh, down to Liverpool uh, in the London areas and then they dropped us off around the coast of America all through the islands. So we are the diaspora uh, of those who have been our slave 
ancestors. It's been 400 years. Now watch this. 400 is the number of the end. Final. Jesus. Which means in 2019, it means now that slavery is fully over. 2020. 2021, 22, 23. We are in the season of inheritance. When you come out of the land and come out of bondage and out of slavery, since 400 means the end of it, it means after that you are supposed to be a part of, come into and possess your father's inheritance. Historically speaking, we are in the time of the Jubilee and the time to get our inheritance. Ah, oh boy. So you had 400, which is the taff. Then you have sheen. The sheen simply has a numerical value of 300. But it is shaped like fire. It also means teeth. So it means you're going to grab and you're going to bite into what was left for you. Get that later. Uh, tavern sheen, we'll get that later. So the tavern the sheen, 400 to 300, brings us to 700. That's where we get the seven from. So we're in the year of the 5,700. This is where the 700 comes from. Then the 80 is the pay. And then the three is called gimel. So it's tav, sheen, pay, gimel. Jesus. Ah, Tav, Sheen, Pei, Gimel. Oh, God. Now, the Gimel, let me, no, no, let me just back up just a little bit there. Because Gimel is three. But you got to go to Aleph, which is one. Y'all got that? Yeah. Now, for every Hebrew or Greek letter, there's a numerical value. But when it comes to the Hebrew, it describes it. So there's a symbol or a picture of the letter. God, I'm going somewhere here. The Aleph is shaped like an ox. And it means the source or the father. The Bet is shaped like a tent or a tabernacle. Anybody right there? So it means house. So that's why we say Bet El means house of God. Oh boy. Now anybody in the Holy Ghost. So Aleph and Bet together means Ab. That's where we get Abba from. It means father's house. The strength and the source of the house is the father. Ah, God. The ox is the one who provides for. So that's where we get the Aleph. But he provides for his house, his bed. Now we're in Gimel. Which is number three, father to the son, now the Holy Ghost. But Gimel is symbolic of a camel. Uh, listen here, it depicts a walking camel's head with the neck and the four legs. And if you look at the Gimel, you'll find it's the left foot, not the right one. The right one is planted, but the left one is the one walking. The right foot means you are possessing, 
You're in a place, watch this, of authority. You've been authorized. It speaks about your present. But when you move on the left, you're headed towards destiny. In military, it's not right, left. It's left, right. The left, see, just look at the picture. Because there, when it's talking about the gimel, it means we are moving towards our destiny. This is a year, therefore, of progression, movement, walking away from what is temporary. Because the Dalit is a door, but it means it's permanent. You are about to move from what is temporary to what is established and what is permanent. Ah, God. You're walking away from what is just a little tent. You're about to walk into the door. There's a door uh, in front of you called Dalit. I'm going somewhere here. So now watch this here. The Gimel simply means it is, it is illustrating the father's ability to provide for his children. Aleph provides for Bet. The children are in that house. Anybody right there? And the Talmud depicts the Gimel as a wealthy man running to overtake an impoverished man with provision. <laughs> These blessings shall overtake. Ah, God. The camels are running you down. Someone is about to bless you. They're about to become the gimel who is carrying your benefits and carrying your possession and carrying your blessings and they're about to overtake you. Say, I receive it. Say, listen, let me tell you what's happening right here. Hey, hey, because when it comes to these, the camel and where we got this from, uh, I need to just kind of deal with some things here because God is about to do some things in your life. Gimel, therefore, it is a year of the camel in the mouth. It is a year of divine fullness and perfection. But it is also a year, watch this right here, it is a year when the storehouses of your provision has been awaiting for you and God is about to fill your storehouses with abundance. I'm going to go further and tell you something about these camels because I got to bring this in to a certain place. And what came to me was Matthew 19, watch this, 24. You in the 24th anniversary. Let me, let me see what four, uh, 24 is saying. <laughs> Let's see what verse 24 is saying. So Jesus is speaking and he says here, and again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel, for a gimel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Then watch this. He says, it's easier for the camel to go through a gate in a gate. 
That's what the eye of a needle means. It doesn't mean a needle pulling thread. The eye of the needle is symbolic of a little gate in a big gate. Somebody say a door within a door or a gate within the door. It's really a gate within a gate. It's a big gate, but there was a gate only where for transportation that you carried all of the produce and which you had all of the load and the camel had to get down on all fours and climb through and offload. Jesus, you got to get this here. In other words, your blessings cannot come without humility. The camel has to get down to get through. Some are trying to get through without getting down. If you want to get through for your breakthrough, you got to humble yourself. You got to get down in prayer. Because your knees have to show that you've been praying, you've been believing, you've been in the presence of Almighty God to get through where you're going. If you can pray through, you will break through. But to pray through for your breakthrough, you got to go down on your knees. Glory, I feel something here. I feel something here. Jesus said it's easier for the camel, watch this, to go through the eye of the, the, watch this, the gate of the gate than for a rich man to enter. Now this already tells me something. <laughs> it says this, that the camel is the property of the rich man. It's the property of the rich man. Kings did not ride Horses. Kings didn't ride donkeys. Kings rode camels. Because they had to travel from far countries to get to their location. And the only beast of burden that could make it through those deserts were the camels. God, I'm going somewhere right here. Hey. This just showed me something. Now, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Because if we're going to talk about these camels getting through, there's something you need to see. And I'm going to show it and prove it to you there from Isaiah uh, chapter 60. Camel, the camels were the desert ships uh, of kings and their riches. And, of course, you see that in 2 Chronicles 9 and 1. The queen of Sheba brought Solomon gold. She brought gems, she brought spices on the caravan or multitude of camels. And this is something we need to understand here as we go there further. Because I'm going to show you something here uh, dealing with Isaiah chapter 60. Because this is where we are. This is where we are. Yes, sir. This is, oh boy. Just, just put a, you know, <laughs> just put a pin in it. Uh, arise and shine. Your light has come. The Shekinah of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Lord Jesus, I got it right there. His glory shall be seen upon you. Another word for glory is wealth. 
his nature, his wealth, his attributes, his abundance shall be seen upon you. Jesus, help me right here. Oh, Lord. I just heard something. I heard the Holy Ghost just say, your image and your status quo is about to change. Get ready for a new you. Last year, they didn't see nothing on you. But when you arise, you're getting ready to shine and the glory of God shall be seen. His glory shall be made manifest. Hey, upon you, glory, I feel it here. Watch this, it shall be seen. Now watch verse three. Verse three is what got me. He said, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. If we are in the third year, get ready for the kings. Get ready for the caravan. Get ready for the multitudes. Get ready for divine assistance. Get ready for investors to locate you. Your divine helpers are about to locate you. Anybody in the Holy Ghost in here? They are about to seek you out and discover you. They're about to locate you in the name of Jesus. Lord, let me hurry up here. Hurry up right here. Hurry up right here. Because he said the Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings, the kings, the kings, more than one. We three kings, we three kings, the kings. The kings are about to come to the brightness of your rising. You, you listen, here he was seeing the birth of Jesus. <laughs> he was seeing the birth of Jesus. The Magi, or really the kings of the east. <sighs> will come to the brightness of your, the star. We have seen the kids. A king star. Saint Joseph is his own. We have seen his star in the east. And we have come to worship. Now, if you read there in Matthew, it said that when they saw him and they came to the place where he was, they brought their treasures. Oh, Jesus. You know what I just saw there? The Lord showed me something. Well, yesterday and when I was preparing for this. And he said something to me. He said, they did not ride on horses because they came from far. They were kings carrying their treasures on the back of those camels. Who, Jesus. They needed, watch this. They needed the camels to carry the abundance Ah, God, you need divine transportation, importation for exportation. God is about to import for export. You're going to get that later. He will bless you to become a blessing. There has to be an importation for exportation and the devil will get deportation. God is about to deport the enemy because he's an illegal immigrant in your territory. You ain't hear me here. Let me hurry up here. Somebody say importation for exportation. Now tell your neighbor it's coming in. There's an income for an outcome. And the outcome is going to be greater than the income. Why? Because it's going to be more blessed to give than to receive. So 
So even though there's an income, the outcome is greater because you can't get the more blessed until you give what he's given unto you. So it's not for your keeping. It's for your releasing. It's for your releasing. It's not for you to hoard it. It's for you for it to flow through you and you become a channel of blessing. You can't come into maximum until you give what you have. <sighs> Glory be to God. Therefore, God is raising you up in this year to become a kingdom financier. You're going to become a kingdom financier. Anybody got what that means? That simply means that you're going to be more blessed this year. It means he's about to make you the multi-millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. Well, you might as well listen here. It's not about your job. It's about your work. It's about your assignment. And your assignment is going to cause you to become blessed. Somebody say, I receive it. Hey. Listen, Sid, we almost finished. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I, I thought, I thought we, 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 we came to hear the prophet. You did. This is very prophetic. So if you think it's just calling your name and calling your number, he got your number. He been dialing your number all service to tell you that your status is about to change. Your economic status is about to change. Your image is about to change. It. because if we don't deal with this he's just letting you know your season is about to shift and when I begin to study and the spirit of the Lord begin to say that this is a season of extravagant wealth I'm about to furnish you I'm about to bless you. And he said, all I want you to do is lift up your eyes around about. See, because all those who gather themselves together, they will come to you. Your sons will come from afar. In other words, the prodigals are on their way back. Those who have been estranged from you are about to come back. Anybody in the Holy Ghost? It's a season of reconciliation because of restoration. Uh, let me finish up right here. He said, and then your daughters will be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and now to can flow together. Your heart will fear and be enlarged. Why? Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted or transferred unto you and the forces or the wealth of the wicked of the sinner of the Gentiles is getting ready to come your way <laughs> the word forces means wealth and sea is speaking about nations so the abundance of the nations are about to come to you. And I, you know what I just heard the Holy Ghost say? He said, I just need you to be in the right place at the right time and position yourself. Even if it's under your master's table, I just need you to position yourself. Because it's coming to you. Now watch this. Here's what the Lord is saying to you. He's also saying, if you're going to position yourself, you need a structure. You need practicality. 
you need to open seven bank accounts. Somebody say seven. Now, I know you ask, well, why seven and where did you get that from? I'll tell you where I got it from. From Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Cast your bread upon the waters and it shall return. But when you read it in another version, it said trade and invest. I thought cast your bread upon the waters mean literally to get the bread and cast it. But when you read it in the original, it says trade and invest. Because the cast upon the waters, the waters already speaks about trade. <sighs> invest overseas in the stocks, in the market. Come on now. And then he tells us, watch this, verse 2 said, give a portion to seven. Share it. Invest it. Trade it. Open seven positions. Okay, all right, you can get this in a little while. It's right there. It's trading in the Bible all through it. It's right there. And he said, give a portion to seven and also eight. Open seven and eight accounts because the money coming. All you need to do. Watch this. Obedience. I just need you to open it. That's all. Don't worry how it's coming. Because it is coming. But you need to open so it can flow in. You need a structure. You need a business plan. Because wealth doesn't just show up. It shows up where there's a plan. Where there's a vision. So the provision can come for the vision. Somebody say, structures. Uh-huh. We almost finished. This is called the practicality of the spirituality. You have to be practical. You need a net to catch the fish. But you need a boat to put it on. And some have nets, but they ain't got no boat. But there's abundance under you. And you've been toiling all night and got nothing. Because you've been doing it your way. But God is saying, cast your net on the other side. The fish is always there. The abundance is already underneath you. It's just on the other side. But I need you to cast your nets where it is in the system. And when you pull it up, bring it up on the ship. Why? Because you need a structure in place. The people are coming, but we need a building. Ah, Jesus. Anybody in the Holy Ghost in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to buy the bus because they're coming. In other words, you already putting the fleet in place because your expectation is about to listen here. God, your expectation is large. It is already a place of multitudinous blessings about to overtake you. But I need you to get some structure in place. That's it. Because if God is going to bless you, here's what the Bible says. He was speaking about how there was no water in that land because there was no rain. Remember that? Uh -huh. 
And then he said to the prophet, he said, dig the ditch. I need some ditches because I'm about to send water. But for it to get where it needs to go, I need you to cut the roads. All you got to do is make a way for the blessing to flow where it needs to flow. Who am I talking to in the Holy Ghost? You need more than just one business plan. You need several business plans. Anybody in the Holy Ghost, who am I talking to in here? Because what we need to understand is that this is a season, glory be to God. The wealth of the wicked that has been laid up for the righteous is about to be transferred to the righteous. But if we don't have a structure in place and we don't have the plans in place, uh, it'll get stuck at your gate. You know, uh, where we sit right now, I'm almost done, but where we sit right now, we have a 10,000 square foot building, but it's sitting on 62 acres. Yeah, that's where we are. And it used to be called the Bacardi plant. You know Bacardi, the rum with your drink? Don't look at me like that. Because you know you had Hennessy and that night train. And some went on the train and never got off the train. They're on night train and soul train and gravy train. They're all kind of trains. This place was called the Bacardi plant. This is where they distributed and distilled uh, the rum. But where we are is in the building where they distributed it from. I tell them, yeah, we're distributing the Holy Ghost. Miracle signs and wonders. I said, we're still distributing. It just ain't that spirit what you think about. This one is holy. This one is clean. I said, so you could still come to the house where we could distribute. But we're sitting there on the plan and watch this. Uh, when I sat, there were some investors and they begin to come our way and they said, Apostle, what is your vision? And I couldn't give them church visit. Because they were not looking for church. They wanted to see, what am I going to get out of the deal? Because they have to invest in a vision that is going to impact community. Society. God, anybody got this right here? In other words, you got to build a school. You got to build a university. You have to build the medical center and the rehabilitation center. You have to build what God is talking about here. So he's about to give you the property, give you the lands because of the vision to impact a community. It's beyond church. It's about changing the entire society and the community. It's about territory. And we got to take the territory by invading the system. Jesus said, go ye into all the, he's not talking about nations. World is not nation. We've been going to nations, but not the world. The word for world is cosmos, systems. So to go into the systems, he said, go ye into it. Watch this right here. Carry the concepts, the principles, the statutes, the culture of the kingdom in the system. Go 
Terminate the educational system. Terminate the medical system. Terminate the governmental system. Government. Hey, 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 hey. The media and the art system dominate fisheries and agriculture. But have your backyard farming going on. Anybody need the Holy Ghost in here? Build your own fruit market and food market. Build your own whole food food store. Can I deal with it? You got to invade the system. And God is giving you the property, not just for the buildings. He's giving it to you for agriculture. Because when the system says, you can't buy. I'm going to say, I got it in my backyard. I don't need to come to you. I got my own Brussels sprouts. Anybody in the Holy Ghost, I got my own onions going. I got my own in my backyard. I'm going to go further and buy the sea too. Because where I'm going to get the property, I want to get it close to the sea. So I can go fishing anytime. I don't need to buy your salmon. I don't need to buy your tuna. I'm going to go fishing. And we're going to have a fish house and mullet by gullet. <laughs> we're going to have the hen house and have a hatchery. Anybody in the Holy Ghost in here? And everything that comes in, we're going to have our own food store. And it's going to be organic. So I don't need to go down the road, down the way. And when they shut me out of the system, I already dominated one. You ain't going to say nothing right there. Shit, we almost finished. But you also need your camel. Because then that means you're about to buy, watch this right here. You're about to buy what we call trailers. So up to date, the camels up to date are trailers. 18 wheeler fill it up with the produce of the land fill it up anybody in the Holy Ghost in here because God is about to make you a distribution center you're not just distributing the word you're going to distribute the food you're going to distribute education you're going to distribute medical supply you're going to distribute hey 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 In other words, your children will not have to subject themselves to the demonic system if you are invading it. They don't have to if we have it. I'm going somewhere because the Holy Ghost is about to raise you up and you're about, hey, hey, I just heard something here. You're about to invade the hill. You can get that later. How about Capitol Hill? How about City Hill? We're talking about the City Hall. Some of you are about to become the governor. You're about to move as a superintendent of police. Can I deal with it in the Holy Ghost? He's about to make you the best magistrate and put you in the court systems so that we don't have to deal with wicked judges and lawyers who are wicked any longer. If you are their sinners, talk to me here. Almost finished. I'm just bringing it because the camels are on the way. 
Guess what? You are the camel. You need to be the one who's a carrier of his glory. The carrier of wealth. The carrier of healing. You're the camel that he wants to raise up. Yes, God. He's about to raise you up. And this is going to be a season of abundance. You ain't going to be broke another day of your life. Because that's not your portion. Your portion is to transport wealth. Your portion is to bless those who have nothing. I refuse to be broke, busted and disgusted. This is a season of increase, a season of wealth, and a season of abundance. I'm almost finished, that's it. I'm almost finished. I, I got a little worked up. But I get excited about the truth in the word. Because then we must move into practicality. And we need to understand that God wants to use us as blessers and carriers. We are the ones he wants to use as the entrepreneurs of our season. Who will become the kinsmen redeemers of our family. And change, change the trajectory of your history, of your ancestry, and of your generation. almost done here because God wants to use you you're next in line for God to use you and I really just need to deal with something because one of the things why I dealt with that right there about the camel and talking about the kings and now watch this and verse for verse 24 is because in your 24th year and notice where that was at. Matthew 19. 19 is the number of faith. So it's the faith of the elder. The elder are the matured ones. That means that you're not uh, petty Anne and petty Joe any longer. You can't be petty any longer. You, you, you can't complain anymore. You, you can't murmur no more. Because that got you stuck in the wilderness. But if you want to get out of it. Hey, hey. You want to get out of it. You got to stop complaining. And start reigning in your territory. We shall reign in this life. Through Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Tell your neighbors stop complaining. And start raining. See? Because we've had too much complainers. And because of complaining and murmuring, according to Numbers chapter 14, they ended up in the wilderness for all those years. Each day for a year. Verse 34 said, Each day that they murmured, God gave them a year. So one day of complaining can set your life backwards for one year. Your words can advance you or your words can set you back. Each day for a year. That's Numbers chapter 14 verse 34. Anybody right there? A complainer are usually those, watch this right here, who are upset, offended about what they don't even know. 
And you have what I call secondary complainers. You know what secondary complainer is? They're not primary. They're secondary. Which simply means they are offended because their friends are offended. And they are offended because they don't even know what their friend is offended about. You ain't saying nothing. Tell your neighbor it's a secondary offense. They complain because their friends are upset. Anybody right there? Don't know why the friend is upset. Don't know why they're offended. And usually where there's offense, it means there's a misunderstanding because there's a miscommunication. And because there's a lack of communication, there's a lack of information that brings them to a place of complaination. <laughs> they are complainants. They love to concomitantly complain. Now that's a... That's a West Indian long word. Concomitant means that you are committed. You are committed. <laughs> you are committed to complain. A concomitant liar is a one who is committed to lie. There's some concomitant murmurers, complainers, and warriors. And they're worrying about things that didn't even happen and that can't happen and that would never happen. I heard the Holy Ghost say something to me some years ago through my spiritual sister, uh, Dr. Deborah Bartlett of the Economic Emancipation Movement. And she said something. She said, the Lord said, this is a season you have to know who to trust, how much to trust, and who to never trust. You have to know who to trust, how much to trust, and who to never trust. Who to trust is John. How much to trust is Thomas. Who to never trust is Judas. You have to put people in three categories when life will teach you how to separate. I can really trust this one. But then you have some people who are frenemies. They are friends who became enemies. Anybody in the Holy Ghost? And they are frenemies. Anyone who is a friend of your enemy is not your friend. There are some people who are friends of your enemies. And they still want to be your friends. You have to put these people in a how much to and who to never trust. Because at the end of the day, they're going to send you to the cross. They're going to sell you out. Anybody in the Holy Ghost? 
And this is a season. The spirit of the Lord said to me something. I went to that scripture. I'm going to end with that scripture. But while I'm ending, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Because here's what the Lord said. He said, there's a door that is open for you. For your camels to get through. But there are too many adversaries. Because for every gate, there's a gatekeeper. For every door, there's a doorkeeper. There are spiritual security that have been set up to block your entrance. Mind you, the door is there, but you can't get through. Because there are some adversaries in your way. Anybody right there? Yeah, I need, I need to deal with that. That's that first Corinthians chapter 16. He says the ineffectual door was open. Anybody, that's verse 9, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. He said, there was a great door. I like to pray that prayer. Thank you, Lord, for great effectual doors. He said, it's a great door. God, I heard you. Jesus, have mercy. There are some doors that are great. There are some doors that are open, but they're not effectual. In other words, don't enter where you can't be celebrated. Because it might be a great door and it might be an open door, but there might be wolves in the door. And instead, and watch this, I preached this last week, and there might be the voice of swine behind the door. So you carrying pearls. But you cast them before a swine because they don't know the value of what you carry. God, can I deal with it right here? Your warfare is attached to your assignment. What you carry is what is a threat to the enemy. If you are under attack, it's because what you have is valuable. A thief doesn't go to a house that has nothing. A thief can only come to a house that is full of value. God, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. We have this treasure that is hidden within the earthen vessel. There's some people who look at you, but they really don't know where you came from. Don't know your testimony. Don't know your history. Let me go a little deeper. Say go a little deeper. Let me go a little deeper. Uh, we do a school of theology. And I, 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 I help to, you know, I'm one of the professors. I really don't care, but anyways. And I uh, uh, was teaching something called hermeneutics. Now, hermeneutics is the art of interpretation. And there are four components. There's a pretext, there's a context to the text, and then there's a post-text. So you have to read chapters ahead or verses before and then verses after to get the context of the text. There's some people, watch this, there's some people who've concluded who you are without knowing your pretext. Therefore, they don't know your context. They're just trying to read your text without a pretext and they have a post-text. So they see you on this property, but they don't know there's a pretext for 24 years. We didn't just arrive here. Anybody in the Holy Ghost? There's some people who see this text without a context of the text. 
and most of yes Lord I heard you and then the Lord just said to me he said and that's the reason why they cannot partake of the post text they cannot access what is to come because they have disrespected and dishonored your past God I'm almost done there are people who see you but really don't know you this year for me is 30 years of ministry 42 nations traveled 10 years of pastoring so I took 30 years into 10 years I'm helping you with something so no one knows the 30 years only those who've been around me for 30 years know who I am Anybody still in the Holy Ghost? Who I had to serve and how the Lord said to me, he said, I cannot, you cannot be to a place of humility sometimes unless you've been humiliated to become humble. I walk in humility because I was humiliated. And I was humiliated through servanthood. Because can you serve without a title? Then we know you could be used. Because some people need a title. Uh, uh, God. Uh, uh, and when you give them a title, it blows up their head. Anybody in the Holy Ghost right there? Because a title will magnify who you really are. But the title does not give you a ranking in the realm of the spirit. And there's some people that have a title, but not a spiritual rank. Your position is not your ranking. The rank only comes because you have submitted to higher ranks. Ah, oh boy. Let me hurry up. That's a whole different. That's a whole different sermon. But somebody's getting it right here. Don't go after power. Go after presence. Submit to the presence. And when you submit to the presence of God within your leader, then the oil will begin to flow down on you. You don't need a title. You just need to serve. Because what you serve, hallelujah, is what will flow through you. You know the servants when you can see the miracle at the door. Oh. Anyhow, say, uh, you know, your servants, when you see what's on the head flowing in the parking lot. That's serious right there. You know, I'm similar to you because uh, I come from five generations of pastors. And we grew up Baptists. So I was not always like this. I belong to the church of the chosen frozen. We were high church. We knew every hymn in the book. And we didn't say hallelujah, thank you Jesus. And if you say ikahak, you were out. 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 <laughs> All mother could do is shake in the seat. Because <laughs> mother knew if she said he not the other, they'd say, hey, 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 mother, calm down. I came from that church. But something happened to me at 14 years old. 
And when it happened to me, I was baptized in water. But when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, that was a whole different story. Anybody in the Holy Ghost right here? I'm helping you with something. That's, that's the context of this text. Serving without titles. Serving when you didn't want to. Serving when they called you names. Serving when they didn't even pay you. Serving when there was no recognition for what you have been doing all along. You ain't going to say nothing right there. But heaven is keeping a record of everything you've been doing. Heaven is about to watch this. The Lord just said man can pay you but only heaven can reward you. And when heaven begins to reward you, he says I'm going to reward you for the work that you have done. I don't want the pay I want the reward because your reward is eternal your payment is temporary and there are people who are settling for the pay but don't want a reward I heard the Holy Ghost say stop settling for the for the payment I want to reward you the Bible says he's coming to reward the work that we have done David said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But then he said that there was a day that I saw the reward of the Lord upon my, upon my enemies. This is a season. I'm going to end with some of this tonight and then tomorrow. Because it is gimel also means recompense, payback, and reward. Retribution, recompense. Season of reward. But this is also the season of judgment. Which means we are in the season of the courtrooms. And I'm going to say something here. The Lord said this is a season. Get off the battlefield. And get into the courts. Deal with that tonight. And tomorrow. We have to get back into the courts of heaven. We've been on the battlefield fighting. I'm going to help you right here. This is the reason why I went to that same scripture. Let me tell you why. Because it says the great and effectual door was open. He said, but there were many what? The word adversary is from the first Peter 5 and 8. Where he said, be sober, be vigilant because your who? Adversary. Then he says, the devil. Walking around seeking whom he may devour. He walketh around. But he's as a roaring lion. He's not the, he's not it. It's a simile. As or like. Yeah, he's not it. He just, he imitates. He tries to be. He's a counterfeiter. He's not the roaring lion. Because there's only one lion. And it's a lion of the tribe of Judah. This is a season and the Bible said seeking whom, which means he is on a journey looking for hey. a legal ground and a legal right to gulp you down. The word devour means consume, but it is also, uh, listen, it is a Greek word called katapino. It means to gulp down, swallow, to devour. I'm going somewhere right here. Somebody say adversary. This word adversary is the word called antidikos. So make sure you write that down or you'll see it. Somebody say anti or anti. 
I'm over here. So anti. Yeah, yeah. Anti-dikos. Now, anti or anti means against, but it also means in the place of, but it also means to deny one. Dikos is where we get rights from. So Jehovah Tzitkanu, Tzedek, means the righteous one. But when you get into the Greek, it's the word dikos, which means rights. So the antidikos is one who denies you of what rightfully belongs to you. Hence, watch this. It means that the devil or Satan is a legalist. He operates in a legal dimension, not just a spiritual dimension. Oh boy, now I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Now watch this. If it means that there were many adversaries, it means that you have rights to what is behind the door. Many adversaries mean, watch this, that they have filed cases against you to deny you of what rightfully belongs to you. I'm going somewhere right here. What is he seeking for in order to devour? He looks after and runs after and seeks out, watch this right here, your antecedent. Now that's a legal word. Let me put it into the English. Criminal history. Your criminal history is your sin, iniquity, and transgression. Sin comes from the Greek word and the Hebrew word called satah. And it means a crime and its penalty. It actually means an offense. So sin is not a religious word. Sin is a legal word. You're going to get this in a minute. Sin means to rebel against the law. A violation of law is sin. Oh, Jesus. Anybody right there? Yeah, I'm changing your mind right here. I'm changing your mind right here. Because in Psalm 32, don't have to go there, but Psalm 32 talks about our sin, iniquities, and transgressions. Your sin is the crime and the offense. Watch this right here. But the iniquity it comes from this word avon. It means perversion. It actually means generational disorder. Okay, so what you did and what your generation did and what your country did, transgressions. So I was born in crime and shaped in generational disorder. In other words, watch Exodus 20 now, when he says, visiting the iniquities of our fathers upon the children. So we are dealing with what they did. We are paying for what 400 years did. The Lord said something to me. He said, son, I redeemed you, not them. When you were born again, I dealt with your issue, but your family's issues and your generational issue and your bloodline issues, you still have to pay for. In other words, there are some things, watch this. Every time you pray, I'm going to deal with it. Every time you pray, there's always a conflict. 
Wave, just wave. Wave. Now, if you ain't feeling no comfort, we're not talking to you. I'm talking about every time you pray, it feels as if there's a blockage. Anybody right there? Anybody been there? Everybody's still there. Because the conflict is not the battlefield. The conflict is that there, are, there is an accuser of the brethren and the adversary in the courtrooms of heaven still blaming you and your generation for what they did. Standing before the judge telling God why you can't have what's on the camel's back. adversary is the one who says I'm denying them because 400 years ago great grandmother was still at the shrine in the village as a voodoo and an obey and a santeria worker they bow down themselves to those idols and he's just pulling out the files pulling out the files great grandfather slept around with 50 women uh, and now the great-grandchild wants a daughter. You can't give the daughter because abortions uh, happened. Back in the bloodline. So why should you cause this bloodline to benefit when they still carry violations? The accuser of the brethren. I'm going to deal with it right here. I had to slow down just a little. Because the camels are on their way. And we have rights to receive our benefits. Watch this right here. But watch this, Joe. It says this right here in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his what? Benefits are coming your way. But look at verse 2. Who forgives all your what? He forgives, then he heals. He will not heal you. Healing is a benefit. But if he does not remove the legal grounds and deal with the legal issue, ah, oh God, he cannot heal you. Who forgives all iniquities, then he heals. He doesn't heal without forgiving. The word to forgive means, watch this right here, to acquit you. To revoke and to remove the legal grounds that the enemy has been using to block you for what you rightfully are supposed to have. Which means I have a great door open and an effectual door open, but I need to deal with your adversaries. I've got to remove whoever has been blocking, who's been blaming, who's been filing cases against you and your generation from really coming into what belongs to you. Well, there's a way out of it. Let me tell you the way. First John 1, and the Bible says, if you confess our sin, anybody right, you got to plead, I'm guilty. Yes, my generation, we're guilty of what we did in this bloodline. And I'm going to stand as a royal priest. I'm going to come into the courtrooms and I'm going to begin to say, I confess my sin, the sin of my forefathers, because you are faithful, because you are covenant keeping God, but you're just because of your legal nature to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness so that I can have access to the benefits. The camels are on the way. They're about to come through the door. 
but God wants to remove the legal case and the legal grounds that the enemy has been using to block you from what rightfully belongs to you. He forgives you of all your iniquities. He heals you of all of your diseases. Watch this, continue. Because I'm, this, this is what you need to know right there. That's right. Because then that's uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, notice the three. Notice the three. Notice the gimel. Notice the three. Because God is about to establish every word out of the mouth of two or three. So this is a year of establishment. He, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It's the move of the Holy Spirit about to hit St. Pete. Anybody in the Holy Ghost right here? He's the way, the truth, and the life. Because your life is about to change in this move. He said there are three witnesses in the earth. There's the water, the spirit, and the blood. So this is a year the blood is getting ready to cleanse and to purge and to remove everything that has been coming against you. He redeems me. He redeems me. He's about to back buy me back. He's about to restore anybody in the Holy Ghost in here. Three is this number that also has to do with the kingdom, the power, and the glory. God is about to cause his glory to come upon your life. Then the Lord said to me, he said, there are three levels of the word. There's the written word, the spoken word, but then the manifested word, the revealed word. This is going to be a season. God is about to reveal his word, manifest his word in your life by the power of the Holy Ghost because of the blood of Jesus that will bring you into the glory of God being revealed in your life this word for the three you're getting ready to resurrect out of this you're getting ready to bounce back and come back because you're set up and it was a setup your setback was a setup for your comeback you're getting ready to come back they thought you were dead and finished they thought it was over somebody say three mm. i heard the holy ghost say the three lots on the side of you ah jesus i saw three properties on the side of this The Lord said three. I saw like a building on the side. Then I saw one, two, three. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm about to give you the three of them. You in the year of the three. You in the year of the three. I said, you on the year of the three. You're going to get what's on the side of you. All three of them. I don't care if it's a building and a lot. You're about to get all three. You been, listen here. If they got to move out, if they got to keep moving, they're going to get to stepping in this move because God is about to, hey, hey, I heard the Holy Ghost say, any legal case, legal issue, legal grounds, the enemy has been using against exceeding grace. He said it's being revoked and removed in the name of Jesus. That will give you access to all of the property all around you I will give you favor with the educational system of the Department of Education I will give you favor with the police precincts I will give you favor with the governor of the state I will give you favor in St. Petersburg then I heard the Holy Ghost say he said yes sir he said and listen in the history of St. Pete it was a railroad way. Hey, transportation. He said to me, he said, I'm getting ready to use you to repair the breach. To restore the railroad. Ah, because 
because I'm going to use you to distribute. But I got to put the railroad back together. I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but this is going to be a season. The holiness movement is coming back. This is going to be a season and the season of the miracles, the signs and the wonders. And God is about to use you as an epicenter of miracle signs and wonders as the epicenter of revival. I saw a new God at the gate and the Lord said, I've raised up the Andersons as a new God at the gate to restore and to repair. The repairer of the breach, the restorer of the paths. And the spirit of the Lord is saying, I'm going to give you influence in the land. This is a season of influence. You will become the gimel with many camels. And I'm going to raise up the people as multi-millionaires and billionaires who will carry this gospel. And this is going to be the season of the financiers of the kingdom and new entrepreneurs in this move said the Holy Ghost you will become your kinsman redeemer you're going to redeem and change the history of your generation said the spirit of the Lord hallelujah yes Lord if you need those scriptures you know Luke chapter 18 speaks about the widow before an unjust judge and she said she said avenge me of my adversaries she didn't even speak the adversary language she didn't say what the adversary did she said I just need you to avenge me let me say something to avenge you is not to revenge Revenge is when you take it on your own self to fight. To avenge is when you bow to the law and you say, let the law deal with it. She said, avenge me of my adversary. In other words, remove whoever and whatever was denying me of what rightfully belongs to me. God is about to remove, revoke, and acquit you of whatever legal grounds the enemy has been using to block you. And I don't know how many of you understand this here, but before Jesus can bring war, he has to judge. Bible says right there in Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 I saw him sitting upon this horse and then the Bible said and with it he came to do two things it said to judge and to make war notice the courtroom before the battlefield I heard the Holy Ghost say stop fighting when you need to be in the courts I need to vindicate you and validate you and give you a verdict so that you don't receive. Let me say something quickly. Stay standing. A lot of times 
backlash and retaliation comes to us because we've not been authorized to fight. The backlash is because the enemy knows you're a robber. <laughs> you're a criminal. You didn't pay tithe, offerings, you didn't really care. But you're still telling Jesus, I need, and the adversary is saying, well, but you're a robber. You, you, you're a tax evader. How are you going to bind me up when you bound already? The backlash and the retaliation is because we've entered a battleground that we were not authorized to enter. When I learned about the courtrooms, it changed everything. So I start seeing the Bible as a legal document and not a religious one. And I saw why. Even Jesus said, son, your sins be forgiven you. Then he healed them. He had to remove the legal grounds before he could give the benefit of the healing. This is a season. Remove offense, unforgiveness, worry, murmuring, complaining. Repent of it all. Repent of it all. The camels are coming, but they're blocked. They're blocked because the adversaries are saying they can't have this. They've been doing this, 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 and that. And maybe you would say, well, yeah, well, I confessed all of it. And then he's saying, yeah, but your forefathers... Have you dealt with their issues yet? So I've been praying these prayers. Lord, forgive me, but forgive my forefathers. Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. But in this generation, whatever legal issues and legal grounds the enemy has been using to stop you and block you from your blessing and from your healing, today it's going to be revoked and removed. It's going to be revoked and removed. And I just wanted to pray because this is your season. And you didn't just come here today. When it talks about this number 24 of the elders. The only thing that came to me was lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors. The king of glory is about to come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord. Strong mighty the lord mighty in battle be lifted up you everlasting doors the king of glory shall come in and this is a season he shall come in because he's going to remove the adversaries at the gates who've been blocking our king from coming in let's say something here the bible says if you have ought against any Leave your gift. He said, in fact, go back and make it right with them. Then come and present your gift to the altar. Less what you give is attached to your heart. And your finances speak against you because you're still holding unforgiveness. Money magnifies whatever is happening in you. And that's the reason why we don't get the blessing. Because how we gave, it wasn't cheerful. 
It wasn't cheerful. How we gave. We still had hurt. We still had bitterness and offense. And unforgiveness. But I heard the Holy Ghost say. If you remove the issue. Then I can heal. Today someone is going to be instantly healed. Instantly. Instantly. I'm about to finish this here, but I because I saw that a lady, and it might be one, two, about three of you, and there's a there's a lump in the left. One of you has a lump in the right breast. And the